This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 492 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Our sponsors this week are Purina Mills, Horse Lovers, and Dr. Rose's Remedies. This week's Rest of the Scoop is One Fancy Horse by Gail Stewart. And the Auditor Roundtable stops by, and they cover horsey life lessons, favorite apps, and trailering costs. Plus, the Horselovers.com product review of the week is the Horsewear H2O Waterproof Poncho. This is Glenn Geek, and welcome back to the Stable Scoop Show, the Horse Radio Network's flagship show and one of the horse world's oldest running podcasts. And a lot of help from Coach Jen, host of the Horse Tip Daily Show this week, as I was not feeling well earlier in the week. I had a little Lyme flare-up. But uh, she was able to help me out and put together the roundtable that you're going to hear a little bit later from three of our auditors, some of our fine listeners. But I was able to do the story for you, and we start the Stable Scoop show with a story from history, and I think you're really going to like this one, written by Gail Stewart. But first, uh, speaking of Coach Jen, she is heading next week to Road to the Horse. It's the largest, most popular colt starting competition in the world. 8,000 people will descend on the Alltech Arena at the Kentucky Horse Park next week. And she will be there with our friend and co-host, Tara Carter, who does our Western episode over on Horses in the Morning. They'll be giving you a two, three live shows, actually, Friday and Saturday morning, 9 a.m. Eastern at HorsesInTheMorning.com. They'll be covering the events as they're, as they're taking place. And then on Sunday for the finals, they'll be there for four hours starting at 1130 and covering all the finals, which uh, should be very exciting this year. It's the 15th anniversary of Road to the Horse. There's some serious competitors from around the world, and it should be a lot of fun to watch and to listen to here on the Horse Radio Network. Go to horseradionetwork.com for all of the details. Our Road to the Horse coverage this year is brought to you by Horseware and Cashel Products. And now, this week's Rest of the Scoop. One Fancy Horse by Gail Stewart. In 1861... At the dawn of America's tragic civil war, horses from the north were loaded onto southbound train, destined for conscription into the Army of the Potomac, the Union Army. The train chugged up hills and down valleys as the horses shifted their weight and struggled to stand. They must have wondered about their strange conveyance that belched stinky smoke and blasted loud whistles. They might, too, have wondered where they were going. The horse's fate changed as the train chugged into Harper's Ferry, West Virginia. Awaiting the train were the soldiers of the Army of Northern Virginia and Lieutenant General Thomas J. Jackson. The Confederate Army raided the train and requisitioned the horses as war booty. The horses now would carry Southern soldiers instead of Northern ones and the Confederate color of gray. Jackson knew a difficult road lay ahead. He needed a good horse. From the train's cargo, he selected two horses, both sorrels. One was big and looked the part of a stalwart war horse. The other, unimpressive in looks, was a small Morgan Gelding, born on a farm in Summers, Connecticut. Somehow he found himself on this train. Jackson paid for the horses, and, in a tender moment thinking of his wife, Marianna, he named the smaller horse Fancy. The larger horse he named Big Sorrel. Fancy would be a perfect horse for Mary Anna, he thought, who held vigil for her husband back at home in Lexington, Virginia. He tried the horses and made two discoveries. Big Sorrel frightened easily and was unpredictable. Fancy was everything Big Sorrel wasn't, intelligent, steady, and oh-so-comfortable to ride. His canter, praised Jackson, was as easy as the rocking of a cradle, so he kept him for himself. Jackson felt the name Fancy too girlish for a warhorse, so he changed it, and Mary Anna missed out, at least for the time being. The smaller horse proved himself a brave comrade in arms. He carried General Jackson into the First Battle of Manassas in 1861, where Jackson earned his nickname Stonewall. He also carried General Jackson into the Valley Campaign, the Seven Days Battles, the Battle of Fredericksburg, and his last battle, the Battle of Chancellorsville in 1863. 
On May 2nd, 1863, Jackson led his army in a daring surprise attack and defeated Major General Joseph Hooker's 11th Corps in Chancellorsville, just west of Fredericksburg, Virginia. Jackson smelled victory for the Chancellorsville campaign, so after sunset that night, he gathered key staff and ventured forward to scout an attack position, thinking they might continue the fight through the night. Jackson swung onto his sorrel, beaming with optimism and hope. The scouting party completed its reconnaissance in the moonlight and about faced the return to the Confederate battle lines. Suddenly, shots in the dark. Volleys of gunshots flew from darkened shadows. Confederate soldiers, on edge from the day's battle, targeted the shadowy silhouettes advancing towards them and mistook them for Union cavalry. Jackson was shot three times by soldiers of the 18th North Carolina Infantry Regiment, his own army. Jackson's horse panicked in the sudden gunfire and bolted down Old Mountain Road. Jackson tottered in the saddle. Captain Richard E. Wilburn chased them down, grabbed the bridle of Jackson's wild horse, and helped Jackson from the saddle. The little horse, unhurt, took off running again, terrified. And he ran and ran until he was recognized by Confederate soldiers who returned him to Jackson's brigade. At first, Jackson's wounds seemed not life-threatening. Though his left arm was so badly damaged, it had to be amputated. General Robert E. Lee and the whole of the Army of Northern Virginia expected and needed him to recover. But he didn't. Jackson, Lee's second-in-command, died on May the 10th. The Battle of Chancellorsville, in which Stonewall Jackson and his horse played a pivotal role, raged until May the 6th and ended in a Confederate victory. It became known as Lee's Greatest Victory. Unlike his master, the little sorrel escaped unscathed their many battles and was sent safe and sound to Jackson's widow. Together they retired to a peaceful life on Mary Anna's parents' farm in North Carolina, where he easily left the wartime horrors behind him. He enjoyed good food, freedom to graze, and to create his own kind of mischief. He taught himself how to unlock his stall door in the mornings, then unlock the doors of all his stablemates, and lead everyone out to graze for the day. Marianna Jackson honored him as a war hero. She wrote in her memoir, His eyes were his chief beauty, being most intelligent and expressive, as soft as a gazelle's. He had the peculiar habit of laying down like a dog when commanded. He later moved to the Virginia Military Institute, known as VMI, where Jackson once taught military science, then to the Confederate Soldiers' Home in Richmond, Virginia, where he died at the very elderly age of 36. Still, his admirers couldn't let him go. His hide was mounted and today is on display at the VMI Museum. His bones are interred on VMI's parade grounds near Jackson's statue. Even his Connecticut home, after more than 120 years, remembered him and named a street after him in 1990. General Jackson, a man of devout religious faith, harbored no airs when it came to fancy names for his horses, though he did once name a horse fancy. Unlike the aristocratic names of General Lee's Confederate Gray Traveler or Major General Philip Sheridan's Black Morgan Winchester or Major General Ulysses S. Grant's thoroughbred named Cincinnati, Jackson named his famous horse only to complement his size and color. You know him as Little Sorrel. This story was written by Gail Stewart, author of 100 Horses in History, True Stories of Horses Who Shaped Our World. You can find more information about Gail and her books at 100horsesinhistory.com. That's 100horsesinhistory.com. If you're listening to this program, it's obvious you love horses. And let's be honest, older horses hold a really special place in our hearts. That's why we want to do everything we can to keep our old companions around as long as possible and living their best lives. Well, our friends at Purina get this. That's why they've developed the Purina Equine Senior Horse Feed with ActiveAge, a proprietary prebiotic proven through years of research to support a senior horse's aging immune system. Because when it comes to our horses, greatness never ages. To learn more, visit purinamills.com backslash activeage. That's purinamills.com backslash activeage. 
And now this month's Auditor Roundtable. The auditors are listeners who really value the content of the shows here at Taurus Radio Network, so much so that they donate anywhere from a dollar to $25 a month to help support the network. And half of the money we take in every month gets divided up amongst the hosts of the shows on the Horse Radio Network. So they get a little raise every month and really appreciate that. If you want to become an auditor, go to horseradionetwork.com and click on the auditor banner on the homepage. One of the best benefits of being an auditor is you get to hang out in the private, super secret auditor's room on Facebook. It's about 300 of them in there now, and they have the best conversations. And it's a very positive environment. If you're a horse person, especially, you know, there's a lot of those negative pages out there. Well, that doesn't happen in our auditor room. And here are three of the auditors who got to know each other in that room and now are going to hang out and talk Ah, some few things about horses. This is hosted by my lovely wife, Jennifer, who filled in for me this month. I was feeling a little ill earlier in the week, so we thank her for doing this as well. Coach Jen and the auditors. And for the auditors roundtable today, I've got Abby and Sam and Jill. So we are going to start out with a quick, hi, who am I? So Abby, introduce yourself to everybody. All right. Hi, everyone. This is Abby. I am up in Virginia where it's very cold. Uh, I'm a three-day event rider. I have a 15-year-old off-the-track thoroughbred who I love to death, and uh, I'm excited to be here. Very good. Now, Sam, tell us about your horsey self. I am in normally gorgeous Lexington, Kentucky. I have three horses, a 23-year-old retiree, a rising two-year-old Sugarbush Draft, and my sport pony that is my side saddle three-day eventer. Side I also do things like parades. There we go. That's a lot. <laughs> do your three horses live at home, or do you keep them at a boarding stable, Sam? I keep them at a boarding stable. That is extra special right there. That's that's a big board bill every month. Holy samole. <laughs> Fortunately, I have a great barn manager who makes it very, very worthwhile. I don't <laughs> mind signing that check every month. Now, that's that's um, quite an endorsement when it comes to boarding stables, isn't it? Uh-huh. Yeah. And third in line, uh-huh. but not least, is Jill. So, Jill, uh-huh. tell us about your horsey self. Hey, y'all. Um, I also have an OTTB. He's 13 years old. He'll be 14 May the 4th. Um, I only got one because I can only afford one right now. <laughs> so we're starting to look at ponies, but, uh, I don't think the husband can, uh, take it. He may have a heart attack if I uh, tell him we just bought a pony for the kids, but you know, we got to work things in a little slowly in the Ecos household. <laughs> That's right. The tortoise wins the, wins the race. Yes. Yes. Then we're, oh, uh, we're, and we're adventures. And you're by adventures. The way. Okay. Well, and that, yeah. you know, if you when somebody says OTDB, if you guess eventing, you're almost always going to be right. Probably yeah. right. Exactly. Yeah, we're located up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And I was actually just down in uh, Virginia. I have a friend who goes down there for in Marshall, Virginia, for some training for dressage. So we tag along with her every once in a while. So Okay. I'm not right that it was any warmer. Marshall, so. No, yep, it's not. It wasn't it's any not. warmer. <laughs> it was still cold. <laughs> oh, that's really funny. So we've got... Three East Coasters with us here. I, I still consider Kentucky East Coast. I'm sorry. Thank you. But we're all in this. We're all in the same <laughs> time zone, anyway. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, I'll give you that one. There we go. We're all and East we're Coast all three eventers. And all three eventers. Now, Sam, do you event too? Hey. Yes, I do. Oh well, wow. And which of the horse? Oh, that's right, because you side have your side saddle eventer. Isn't that? Funny? I got to see that. I got to see a video of side saddle eventing, and I know Jamie's probably going to bust. She's going to want to see that too. Like, <laughs> Yo, I'm, I'm going to see my, some cross country my... jump side saddle. You're going to post You're that stuff. Brave. That's brave. I'm doing my first sanctioned event in May. Oh my goodness! Fantastic. Good luck. Oh, that's fantastic. Awesome. What possessed you? you to, what possessed you to do that? I will try and post. Uh, I am way more secure side saddle than I am astride. And I have a coach who is an Olympian, an Ironman, a pentathlon rider, runner, swimmer, sword fighter. And she said, yes, you can. And there's no going back from that. Wow. So just because you can, you're going to go do it. Wow. 
Props it just says you. the rules say English style saddle. Oh, does it actually right. say that in the rules? It just says English style saddle. That way it doesn't discriminate if you're competing in an AP, a dressage, right. a cross country saddle, or a side saddle. So you can use a side saddle as long as not, it's not a uh, curly Q tooled Western style one. <laughs> That's correct. Because I didn't realize until I got a side saddle once a long time ago that there were English ones and Western ones. Ha! Who knew? <laughs> if anybody is coming up to the <laughs> Kentucky event, I will be out riding there. And I'm. we have, um, at the moment, three side saddle riders who are going to be participating. And considering that two of them are my horses, I have no problem if anybody wants to come take a spin. Oh, isn't that fun? Wow. So cool. wow. So cool. That's awesome. So she put it out there, folks. There you go. Yep. <laughs> so now that we've got we're coming that- to Kentucky. Yay. So now that we've got you got any cross rails? Now- I need a little cross rail. <laughs> tiny, tiny, tiny. Let me let me walk over this log, yeah. please. Yeah, carry a little log. <laughs> just a little log. So now that we've gotten to know each other, each other just a little bit, it's time for the questions. And these are topics and questions that you guys submitted that thought, well, this will be fun to chat about. So I'm going to kind of randomly pick some. And uh, I will um, I will start with the person who actually submitted the question. Um, Abby, the one that you submitted, the most important life lesson you've learned from your horse, and I maybe I'll add to this, a horse, was I thought was a fascinating one. So, Abby, why don't you get, get started with that one? Okay. I guess I should have thought about these as I was writing them. Um, <laughs> honestly, I think the biggest thing, my, my horses, we have a really, I think, cool relationship anyways. I mean, some people probably don't care, but I think it's pretty cool. We uh, kind of grew up together. I got him in, uh, just as I was kind of leaving high school. Um, and he was nine years old. Hadn't done, He'd raced until he was seven, but hadn't done anything. He is what they call bullheaded. He is opinionated um he's pretty much 17 hands i'm like five four he's a big dude and he has a lot of opinions um so we grew up together we uh he's actually like kind of the reason i met my husband my husband's a farrier so he brought us together um and i've had him now for almost six years um so we've been through a lot and just like looking at how you know the person i was when i got him versus the person i am now uh, honestly a lot of it's just like a huge amount of patience and a sense of humor and not taking anything too seriously um, and kind of understanding that sometimes I don't know best and sometimes the horse does and other people do. Um, so it's been a lot of fun. He's like, he's like my buddy and, uh, and he's taught me, he's taught me a lot about just not taking yourself too seriously. Sam, you want to weigh in? I think that the most important lesson that uh, my horses have taught me is that you have to take everything with a grain of salt or sometimes the entire salt block. <laughs> They're not doing it out of maliciousness. They don't understand. So you have to explain it to them, which has helped me in my job. I'm a uh, culinary professional and I sometimes teach other people their way around the kitchen. So it's helped me teach them, you know, suggest, ask, tell, demand by going through the training process with them that I do with my horses, it has made me a better teacher and I have better staff. And uh, how about you, Jill? Okay. Um, I'm, I'm going to uh, kind of touch on what Abby said. It's, it's mostly about patience. I think um, being uh, learning as an adult rider, you know, I, I didn't get to ride when I was a kid. We didn't have the money and now it's, you know, kind of fulfilling that lifelong dream. And now I seem to want it all right now. And, uh, I'm also, you know, an older mom, you know, I'm 40 years old and I have a 10 month old. So it's, it's just trying to take time and just enjoy the steps and enjoy the process of just everything, uh, you know, of my kids, of just learning and just, just, just wait, it's all going to happen. It's just, you have to just sit back and, and just have patience and just, you know, go through the training steps that Sam says, you know, you just, you have to. You just have to take your time and, and really enjoy every moment. And really that's what, you know, my horses, I guess, taught me. And, you know, I'm grateful for them for it. Abby, um, early on when you were, did you start riding as a child or did you take up riding as an adult? 
Yeah, so I started, well, I tried to start riding when I was, like, a bitty thing, and my parents were, like, my parents are not horse people at all. My my dad's a professor, my mom's in finance. They have no idea, like, which end is the front, which is the back. Well, they do now, because that's my fault. But, um, yeah, they were like, you're not riding. You're too little. You're too little. So, finally, I wore them down by the time I was seven. Um, and just started with the local lesson barn and kind of went up from there. And they still, I still have no idea where I got it from. We didn't have, like, horsey family members or anything. But um, they they were nice enough to let me keep going. <laughs> People don't realize that the uh, the disease we called the horse habit is aerosolized. Uh, it, it's in the air. It just floats by, and you oh, breathe yeah. it in one day, and then you've got it. Yeah. Yep, you're done. Yeah. How about you, Sam? Did you start as a kid, or did you start as an adult? I took some lessons in scout camp because oh, wow. I am originally from the metro Detroit area. Not exactly a horsey hey. area. Nope. So it wasn't until I was in my 20s and moved down to Lexington with my now wonderful wife that I started riding. Right. And how about you, Jill? Well, I just started about three years ago. I did a little bit of riding in high school. I had a, a friend that had, you know, a typical, my friend's got a horse, so I'm going to tag along. And I went to a horse, couple horse camps and, uh, you know, learned English, liked English, but there were just things that stuck with me, but never really got seriously into riding until about three years ago. So it's a lot harder when you're older. <laughs> Jill, I would never have guessed that just from watching your videos. Sam, I'm sorry. I haven't oh. seen any of your videos, but Jill, you and your horse look awesome. I would never have guessed it. Oh, oh my goodness. Uh, so thank you. Thank you. We keep, we, we try <laughs> really, yeah, really hard. Are. That's all we can do. <laughs> That's all we can do. Just keep trying, man. Just get on. Right. Get on the horse. Do two circles. That's it. <laughs> That's, That's the rule. I, we have, I have a girl at the barn. Sometimes when you go and you know you don't want to ride that day, you're like, I can't. This is terrible. It's awful today. But I, you have to get on. She says, all you have to do is get on the horse and do two circles and get off. And, of course, you always wind up doing more than two circles. But, of course. Yeah. That's the rule. Get mm-hmm. on, at least do two circles, and if it's all you do, get off. You're successful that day. So. That's smart. I like that. Mm. I really like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some, some wise person quite some time ago um, said the hardest part about riding is getting on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, especially for those of us who have careers outside of the barn and that riding is not our job. Um, Drumming up the mental and emotional energy to get on the horse is frequently the most difficult thing we do in any given day. But it's also the most most important because we we all have the the horse bug. And if we don't fight through the negativity, I don't have the energy or, oh, I'm too stressed or on this or that and the other thing. If we don't fight through those excuses and actually get on and do it. It festers and just makes itself worse, and we all get really or cranky then. Yeah, and cranky. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But you think why? Like, why do we do that? Like, why? Like, if if especially for us who haven't owned horses until later in life, like we've waited our whole lives to do this, and sometimes you get there and you're thinking, why am I struggling with this? This is what I wanted. This is what I want to do. Why can I not get my? Like, what is the problem? Does anybody else have that problem? Ten year old. There are days I get to the barn and I, I have, I will be the first to admit, I have pulled up. There's no one there. It's kind of drizzly. None of my friends are there. I'm like, I'm going to go home. <laughs> it's happened. It's happened more than once. But I'll no, pick out true. a seat. You, yeah, exactly. If you don't, if you don't do it for, I think that one day you kind of let yourself like, all right, I'll just skip it today. And then that day turns into more than like three. Oh man, I'm just, I'm just a nightmare. Like <laughs> you don't want to be around me. I'm fortunate that my wife's also a horse person, so we Aww. drag each other out and keep each other accountable. Yeah, that is really nice. Yeah, that, that I also don't have to justify horse shows. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a struggle in our household. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, Another horse show? Is there any baby classes? <laughs> <laughs> I have to tread the line of what I can ask for with my husband since he's been with horses generally all week. And I'm like, I don't even bring up shows unless it's a, unless it's like a fun away one and his guy friends are going to be there. Then, then okay, sure, bring the beers and let's do it. But otherwise, it's 
I'm going out this weekend. <laughs> See you later. Man, that's what I mean. My, my hub just needs a horse hubby friend. I keep trying to yeah, find them some. I'm like, please, they're, they're please find yeah. a buddy. That makes better. a big difference, doesn't it? The horse hubby friend. They have so much fun together. Yeah. When it's like not yeah. actually about horses. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm kind of surprised. Like, he likes to, at our barn, we have a place where they can go up on the hill and they can shoot and shoot guns and things. Like, my husband's a cop, and I'm thinking, go! It's the one yeah. time you can show up. Go! Spend hours out there. You, I, you do not hurry back. Do not hurry exactly. back. And it's just, it's just like, just go and try it. He just doesn't go. Yeah, do you, do you think that, that the non-horsey family members may perhaps suffer from the same thing that we do when we get to the barn and can't bring up the mental energy to actually get on the horse. Does the same thing happen to them when they are at the barn, at a show, at some kind of an equestrian Mm. function, and they just can't bring themselves to go find some entertainment? Maybe. I'm sure. Is it the same thing? I don't know if it is or not. I have no idea. Um, but is it that same mental process where you literally talk yourself out of everything except being comatose? <laughs> the self-defense coma. The self-defense coma. Yeah, now, if they made, um, what's that? The the little backpacks that you put your your water in when you when you go bike riding is it a salamander? Camelbacks. Camelback. Camelback. The camelback. Camelback. See, they need to make a camelback for riders that you can put your adult beverage in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> True. That's why we have the wine bra, right? Let's do that with a regular camelback. <laughs> Don't ask me how I know. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Let's just yeah, say we that waiting for that, big uh, we had a, a long time. Oh, my gosh. We had a, my trainer and I once, just one of my good friends, we had like a five o'clock cross country time. And we were like, this is happy hour. What are they doing? So we started talking about the wine bra and then found out one of our friends had actually purchased one and it had exploded all over her. So ah! we had to mix that. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, we'll just wait. There would be so many inappropriate jokes that you could do when it's not in there. I know. And apparently it was red wine, too, which is just awful. Oh, that's terrible. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. that's Whatever you were wearing, that's not coming out. That's Be warned. <laughs> Duly noted. <laughs> there we go. So, well, I'm up? usually when I'm at a horse show, I'm usually there with my kids. So, uh, <laughs> we usually wait until the wine until after we've gotten home, yeah. gotten everybody unloaded, and nobody's gotten hurt. We're like, okay, bust That's out fair. the wine, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> <We need> <laughs> there we go. So, our horses have taught us humility, responsible drinking mm-hmm. habits. And how, Ooh, to fight, irresponsible. Uh, yeah, how to fight through the blahs. <laughs> All right. Next question. Why don't we try um, gadgets or apps that are helpful and in what ways? Samantha, you submitted this one. So why don't you give it a start? Um, I have used, I am a very list oriented person. When I go to an event, I have a checklist of everything that I need to pack. I have checklists of my checklists sometimes because it just helps make me feel, makes me feel more calm and in control. So I have started using a lot of apps to help keep track of what I'm riding, how I'm riding, what I'm doing, when was my last farrier appointment, and uh, things of that nature. For my uh, Trot and Canner sets, I even have an interval app with synced music. Which which one is which one so is it? Which one is uh, it? I use Seconds. It's an iOS app. It was like something like five dollars. Second, as in me, as in so like in second place. Seconds, uh, seconds plural, as in countdown. Ah, okay. Because I've been looking but, for uh, one. Yeah, it's great. It talks to you, so it's completely hands-free. Like it count, it's, I've got mine set up to where it'll tell me to walk, canter, trot, so I don't even have to look at it. Cool. And then for general organization, I use Pony App, which is kind of like a diary. So I've got where I've, what I worked on that day, when I rode, when my horse had her feet done, 
when was her last vet appointment? When is my health certificate expire? Mm-hmm. It's just very, very helpful to have it all right there on your phone because you always have your phone. <laughs> I, 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 I'm just sort of sitting here and, and, and somebody's getting A in this class and it's not me. Um, I use eBay. Uh, eBay is my favorite app because when I need something horsey, I look on eBay first <laughs> because it's a lot cheaper. And if something shows up with that eBay sticker on it, it's a lot easier for the family to take whenever a package arrives. Oh, so really eBay cool. is a personal favorite <laughs> that cool. I like to use. Yes. Um, but if, if in all seriousness, though, um, yes, I do use eBay. And second one I use is actually the MyFitnessPal. I know it's cheese bally, but it's been just really cold this year and crummy this year. And there's been a lot of opportunities where we just didn't get to ride. And, and so I thought, well, if I'm expecting all this for my horse to be athletic and to work hard and to try to round and do all the things, well, then what, what the heck am I doing? Like, what am I doing to help him out? So I've been using a lot of the um, MyFitnessPal app to just kind of work on myself whenever I can't work with him. Or if I do have the blahs, you know. I can go and go for a run or go to the gym or do something. So it's been pretty helpful and just sort of, and I've noticed, you know, the strength just sort of coming in my legs that I've sort of needed to hold on to my extremely bouncy OTPB. Okay, you're making me feel like mm-hmm. a slacker. Come on. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, <laughs> it's also really good for noting how many calories are in that cheesecake so you can have more. Uh, so yeah, yeah. yeah, there we go. All right, y'all. Any any other uh, apps that you guys use? Yeah, so I have. Uh, I also use My Fitness Pal. Uh, it's I agree completely with what Jill's saying. Where I'm up here this winter, like just kind of dying, and I'm not doing anything, and I need to be doing something, and you know, restless leg syndrome after work. Um, so I've been using that, and um, the two apps that I really like that I have are the USEA. This is specific to my discipline, but they have uh, their event companion app. So it's basically like the USCA calendar and website in an app form. So you can just pull up the calendar oh, real nice. quick. It's good for checking, nice. like, you know, closing dates. Um, you can sort by, like, distance, so see which are closest to you. And then, um, you know, I, I'm constantly in, living in fear of missing closing dates, so that's why I use that. And then there's also um, the USCF has, uh, it's called Equitests, and it's the dressage test. Um, app, so it has all of the, the USDA tests from beginner novice through advanced. It has not been updated yet, though, so I don't Ooh. know if that's going to happen. That would um, be a nice one to have. Sure. Yeah, that one's great because I can like flip over to the event companion and then see what test I'm doing and then flip back over to the other one, so that's nice. And then the other gadget, um, I don't want to touch on gadgets yet, but I know it was in the question. I kind of forced my husband to get me this for Christmas. I've been bugging him about it for like a year now, but there's this really cool Bluetooth speaker called Rock and Ride. Um, and it's like a little like crescent moon shaped speaker and it actually attaches to the D rings on your saddle and it's got buttons on it. So you can, I work in sales, so I'm constantly taking conference calls on my horse. Um, but aside from that, you can, you know, play music. There's like a skip and a back button there. You can mute your phone if you're using your phone. Um, so he just got it for me this Christmas. I haven't used it a ton yet since my horse is in Florida right now and I'm in the tundra, but um, I'm really excited about that because I'm, you know, the same way as, uh, like as Sam said, when I'm out doing trot and canter sets, like I have to have music. And usually I just stick my giant, like six plus in my waistband and it's really bulky and it hurts. So, <laughs> um, so I'm excited to use that. It'll be pretty, pretty fun. Cool. Oh, yeah, that's cool. That's very interesting. I'm going to write that conference one down too. Calls, <laughs> conference calls on horseback? What kind yeah, of job? I, do. you, I want that job. <laughs> Oh, I know. It's great. I love it. I mean, not, not conference calls where I have to talk. Usually if I have to talk, then I'm like, all right, whatever we are doing, I have to walk now. But no, I got stuck one day last year. I had a, someone needed to move a meeting and it was like five o'clock the night before. So, I mean, the sun was going down. I had like no time left to ride. And I was like, oh man. So I had to call this guy from the back of my horse. I was like, I'm glad you're in work right now. I'm very quiet because <laughs> this would have been, life, he was like, he was like a director of transportation. Not, there would have been no explanation if I had, you know, gotten bucked off or something. But you're on a form of transportation. So if he's the director, there you go. There, there you go. Is. Would have been great. Win. <laughs> Winning. 
My horse is well-versed in the office lingo now. He's got it. (laughs) Jill submitted this one, so Jill will get to get started. Uh, Trailering costs if you don't own one. What is a fair price? Gas and tolls only. Is it legal to charge or not? Well, we have no idea, but at least we can talk about the first two parts of that question. (laughs) Why don't you get us started on that, Jill? Okay, I'll get you started. So, so this kind of came up because I, you know, like I said, I just, I just went down to Virginia, uh, with the gal from the barn and, and she's got the trailer. I don't yet. And so, you know, she's hauling us down. And so we just split gas and tolls, you know, just, yeah, yeah, gas and tolls. And, and on the way back, I said, yeah, I guess because we were talking a little bit about the whole new laws and stuff like that. And she said to me, and I don't know if this is 100% because I didn't research it, but basically that, She's not even allowed to charge me gas because that would be considered a business. And I said, well, that doesn't even make sense because if you carpool to work, just give somebody some gas money. And they encourage that, you know, because they don't want more vehicles out on the road. And and I certainly don't think they want more trucks, and especially diesel trucks out on the road. You know, carpool when you can, right? So, I mean, for us, we we split, but she's not a trainer. She's an amateur. She's like me. So, you know, she tries to abide by all the, you know, the rules and, and she doesn't want to ruin her amateur status. And I said, I understand that. But at the same time, she also says, Hey, you know, I, what am I going to charge you a dollar, a dollar a mile, which is what most trainers charge. At least that's what my son's trainer charges us when she hauls us and um, his horse somewhere. But that's also because she's a professional She's registered as a professional, and it's our business. So I, I guess I, I was just sort of trying to see what, what is everybody else? I mean, do you have your friends charge you money to trailer, or do you folks, you, you know, I don't know if you folks have your own, but I guess that's where I was kind of going with this question, just kind of wondering what everybody else does, you know. Yeah, well, I know that the ELD mandate stuff right now is, entirely confusing and I'm like afraid to ask someone to like buy me a sandwich if I trailer them because <laughs> technically I'm a professional now. I'm You're a professional. I think That's I it. Um so I think I, I mean, just saw that they put that on hold again. Yeah, there's I know that there's they, they came out with some sort of agricultural exception, but I think it's there's still some people are going to be effective. I don't I don't pretend to really know what's going on. Mm-hmm. I know that my my husband as a farrier is like very concerned about it because he too is now under he drives down to florida so he's now under it as well so (laughs) we think we're getting screwed like all the vets and farriers too are like what are they going to do if they have to pull you know tools Mm -hmm. and and all that kind of stuff so um i've been like involved in it a lot and trying to figure out what's going on but i still have no idea um i think probably splitting gas is a fair way to go but i would just you know be careful if you're setting like i think just kind of do it as a friendly thing like if you've got some cash on you you just hand you know hand it off but i wouldn't make any sort of big deal or anything recordable about it while we while we don't know what's going on because i don't no. i don't know what makes you a commercial shipper at this point i don't i don't know i'm so confused i don't have a trailer so at least i'm kind of on the other end of it so now, does, like, yeah, yeah i was just gonna ask does everybody here have have their own trailer i do not me not yet not you not yet Working oh, yeah, on it. but yeah, I I do, but it's I want a new one. <laughs> <laughs> so so if you don't have your own, since you don't have your own trailer, how do you deal with um, your horse transportation needs? Uh, ooh, well, right now, um, you know, like I said, for my son's needs, you know, he rides the the school pony so that he, you know, his trainer will take us. But then, you know, we're paying the dollar a mile, right? So we try to at least keep our shows close so that we're not you know, swamped with, with just trailer, I mean, trailer and fee is probably what costs us the most. I mean, mm-hmm. entering the shows doesn't seem to be as much. I mean, school, it's schooling shows for him, he's eight, yeah. but um, it's the trailing, trailering that kills us. But um, for now, for myself, uh, you know, my, my gal pal at, at the barn, she's a super active showing person and, and we're sort of a hodgepodge barn. We have a little bit of everything. And so she's happy to have another person who's just as excited about showing. So she's happy to split the cost with me because otherwise she'd be paying the full gas and tolls herself. Mm-hmm. So we just split it straight down the middle mm-hmm. for my portion, for my showing. But for my son, it's a dollar a mile. So if it's two hours, three hours away, you know, yeah. do the math on now, that one. See, this might be splitting right. hairs. But mm-hmm. if I'm an, if I'm an amateur and I'm going to a horse show, and I have an empty spot in my horse trailer, so I'm going to drag my amateur friend 
to the schooling okay. show along with me. Technically, okay. if my friend gets out of the cabin truck of the truck and puts her gas card in the gas pump and buys the gas, she's buying gas. She's not giving me money for gas. She's buying gas. That's what we did. <laughs> we did that this time. We specifically did that this time. I said, Jan, the last time we split the, you tallied up everything. I said, how about yeah. if I actually physically put my card in there? And so we actually did do that. She paid for the one fill up and then I paid for the next. Splitting hairs. And, and but vice you know. versa. Yeah. So for mm-hmm. those, we did it. it comes down to recordability and yeah. whether or not there's any documentation to prove it yeah. because it's only if it can be proven. Yeah. They can't say, yeah. Well, nobody in their right mind would haul for free because that's an assumption. And I don't know if your mom had the same saying about assumption as mine did. (laughs) 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 So I don't think we can say that word. I don't think it word off the people they're trying to go after, but if if we were to take the whole I guess not. ELD thing. Hopefully they're not going to spend their time on us. Yeah, just throw that whole ELD (laughs) thing out the door. That just we're going to pretend that never happened. Um, Yeah, we'll be fine. (laughs) If if yeah, when the side saddle girls all do events, we just trailer pool. Like uh, yeah, since I'm a culinary professional, I will cook the meals (gasps) in exchange for my trailer. Yeah, I was going to say. You <laughs> I'm sorry, wait, you said you live in Kentucky, right? Made, <laughs> Dang, yes, I, a far. I have made <laughs> chicken scallopini with wine sauce, pasta, and Caesar salad in the kitchen of an RV for about 10 people. Oh, my gosh. If hey, you, you can, can serve uh, up a lot. In an RV kitchen. <laughs> I watched that Top Chef. They did amazing things just on a, uh, you know, a camping stove. So, I believe it. I believe you can do all that. Okay, this 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 new I forget what network it has. It's RFD TV, I think, has a, a new network they're bringing on board that's just horses. Now, it's the majority Ooh. of it is in the western and rodeo realm, but eventually they think it's going to expand and become more um a wider base of different types of sports. I can see it now. There needs to be a top chef equestrian version for people, That'd be who, great. For people oh, who cook there in their you go. quarters. Please sign me up. Yeah. You'd be the first. That's it. We'll all vote for you. There we go. Well, this has been a lot of fun, That's ladies. It's a trailer. It's, I want a full kitchen. <laughs> she, wants, she, wants a, she wants a cot, a toilet, and a full kitchen. That's it. Nothing else. Yep. There you go. <laughs> This what else a, do you need? Yeah, what else? That's true. It's been a lot of fun getting to, to, to know all you've all of you ladies, and thank you very much for loaning us a little of your time this evening, and uh, appreciate you submitting questions and such. So, uh, thanks a bunch to Abby and Sam and Jill. Dr. Rose's Remedies Skin Treatment Salve and Spray are 100% all-natural products. They are anti-inflammatory, antibacterial, antiviral, and antifungal. Dr. Rose's are made with all human-grade ingredients and are safe and effective for treatment for all manner of cuts and scrapes on your horse. And Dr. Rose's is the must-have product here at the Horse Radio Network headquarters to keep PT Scooter's delicate white pasterns free from dew poisoning and scratches. Ask for Dr. Rose's at your local tax store or feed supplier or visit them online at drrosesremedies.com. That's drrosesremedies.com. My favorite part of the show where we get to sit down with some of our faithful listeners who have received products that they're going to test, try, and recommend or not. And today I'm sitting here with Colleen Peachy. Hi, Colleen. How are you doing? Hi, Jennifer. Great. How are you? I'm doing great. Now, for new listeners who may not know you well, give us a quick rundown of Colleen Peachy's horsey self. Okay, well, I'm actually, I'm actually going to slightly update that to Colleen Lapp, um, since I got married oh, last fall. Oh, that's right, that's a recent change. 
Yes. Yep. So I changed the last name, so I'm still getting used to that. But um, yeah, so I've actually been riding, oh gosh, I guess it's been 20 years now. Um, I got my first horse about 15 years ago, and now I am living the life of um, owning a small farm. I've got my horses at home here. Um, I enjoy riding for fun, mostly. Um, very much enjoy trail riding, hacking out, paper chases, and I'm working right now to get back into competition with my one of my younger horses this year. I um, want to do some just low-level dressage shows and eventing, so going to be lots of fun. Woohoo! And what is the product that you are going to review for us this evening? So I'm going to review the Horsewire H2O Poncho. <gasps> oh, let me guess, let me guess, let me guess. It's a raincoat. Oh, yes, for sure. <laughs> Fill in the details. Which is, which is particularly great this time of the year. So I've actually been using the, the Horsewire H2O Poncho for, oh gosh, I think it's coming up on, on a year at this point. So, um... I found it to be extremely versatile. So at first glance, you might think, oh, wow, this really isn't that impressive. It looks like a black sheet that you pull over your head and it's just kind of flapping around, right? It's, you're not thinking it's the most stylish thing in the yeah, world. It's a but, poncho. Uh-huh. It's a poncho. It's, it's not supposed to be stylish. It's supposed to keep you dry and comfortable. So... Um, what I can say is that, so it's, it's a one size fits all. So I wasn't exactly sure how it would fit. Like I wasn't sure if it would seem like I was swimming in it or, you know, if it would fit weird or, or, or things like that. So I was really happy when it arrived, I pulled it out of the package and it, it was in this really cool, um, like waterproof bag. So you can actually fold it back up and store it in the bag when you're not using it, which is pretty neat. Handy. So, um, yeah, once definitely. it. Yeah, definitely handy, especially like if you're trying to throw it in your bag to go. Um, I really like that. So uh, when I tried it on for the first time, um, it was funny. I actually had to pull it out and I like pulled it on right in the living room after I got it. I was so excited. Um, it fit really well. So I actually liked that it was kind of like nice and loose in my shoulders. The sleeves were long enough for me, which I always joke that I have like freakishly long arms. Um, you know, they weren't they weren't kind of coming over my wrist or hands or anything, but they were good. They kind of have this nice elastic cuff like around the wrist. So it kind of feels like the sleeve would stay in place nicely, which it ended up doing. So um, it's pretty long. Like it kind of came down like, um, you know, it, it didn't have a straight cut the whole way around. It kind of like dips down in the front and comes down about knee length on me and then kind of comes up on the sides, um, which is really nice. Um, and I also liked the hood. So the hood like was nice and kind of big sized and could pull over my head and feel like it was going to stay up. So, um, the other thing that I noticed that I really liked was there's like this giant pocket on the chest that zippers open and shut. So I thought, man, I'm actually really going to use this when I'm out at the barn. So, um, one of my favorite places to wear it is actually to do barn work. So here on the farm, we have a shed row, which for those of you that aren't familiar with a shed row barn, you know, you've got the, the stalls are kind of all in a row and we don't have an overhang on the front. So I joke that when you're doing barn work in the rain, you're either in the barn, in the stall, or you're just out in the pouring down rain. So of course, for me, the perfect time to wear it was doing barn chores when it's raining. So the, the, the poncho was nice and roomy enough that when it was colder outside, I was able to kind of layer up a little bit with like a thermal and a sweatshirt oh, yeah. and then pull the, yeah. pull the, the poncho the over and you yeah. still have plenty of room. Yeah. 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 So that was great. And I actually really liked that waterproof. Uh, you had the, the zipper on the front that was waterproof. Mm-hmm. I would unzip it and I would like throw like my phone and like horse treats and keys or like anything else I might need in there. Cause it's this giant pocket. That's just kind of sitting right there. It's like a kangaroo pocket in the chest. Pretty much. Yeah. I, and it was really like a nice size. So you don't have to feel like you have to stick like, um, you know, your phone down in like your pocket. That's, you know, underneath your flapping poncho that you kind of have to try to dig for and find it. Cause you're never going to. No, you'll never find it. But no, definitely handy. The other thing is the hood stays up really well. So like as I was coming in and out of the stalls and mucking, feeding, whatnot, like I didn't have to worry about the hood keep like keep falling down or anything like that. So it's a one size fits all and you felt like it fit fit comfortably and you and was easy to move around today. Looking at the pictures online, it looks like it has a, a, a drawstring on the waist so you can kind of cinch it up. 
Um, yeah, I kind of, um, you can kind of pull it a little bit, I guess. I, I felt like it kind of had like snaps on the sides. Oh, okay. Which you did. Obviously, it sounds like you didn't bother to use them. No, I actually just kind of left it like, like, I just liked being able to have that space so I could comfortably move around. So it's, it's a little bit poncho-ish. <laughs> now, exactly. is it, is it plasticky feeling like a, you know, like the $5 poncho you buy at the Quickie Mart on your way to, th- on the way to Disney World? Or is it more like a, what, what's the material feel like? Oh, no, it's definitely not plasticky feeling at all. It feels like, um, it almost to me feels like a, a soft shell, but it's not an especially heavy material. Like it's nice and lightweight. But it feels more like a fabric than a plastic. Yeah, it definitely a, yeah. wouldn't compare. Looking at the pictures, it looks like it would feel fabricy on the outside, so it's pretty. It definitely does. It feels like it has kind of a nice and smooth feeling. And I will say too, even when I was out, because I was out a number of times when it was absolutely pouring, everything that was underneath the poncho stayed nice and dry. There we go. When they say waterproof, they mean it. They definitely mean it, which to me was super important because I absolutely hate going out and pouring down rain to do chores, but it was definitely, uh, it definitely was good at, at keeping me dry and not kind of like leaking or I didn't kind of feel sticky or anything. I believe it said it's breathable, which you could definitely tell. There we go. And it looks like it has a uh, mesh lining in it in the back. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. It that does. Helps. It does. I think that helps keep you, um, I think it helps keep you a little cooler, too. Yeah, I, I would tend to agree with you there. So it is the Horsewear H2O Poncho. And as we record this review on Horse Lovers, it is available for one nineteen ninety five. We've got plenty of rainy season to come, folks, so check it out. And thank you, Colleen, for doing our product review. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me on, Jennifer. Well, that's it for this week. Be sure to thank and check out our sponsors, Purina Mills, Dr. Rose's Remedies, and Horselovers.com. Go to horseradionetwork.com to find all of the coverage of Road to the Horse next weekend. That is going to start at 9 a.m. on the 23rd, 24th, and 25th. You can listen on our app. Just click the live button, or you can listen to it live also on Horses in the Morning or horseradionetwork.com. And we'll also be putting out a recording of all of those shows as well from Road to the Horse. Thank you, everybody. We'll talk to you again next week here on the Stable Scoop Radio Show. In the meantime, happy scooping.